evening. So I'll be delivering tonight's message. Please pray for me. <laughs> All right, so I thought writing a Christmas message would be an easy topic to tackle because it's such a familiar topic. Because I know not all of us here have served, uh, most of us have celebrated Christmas growing up. So it should make the delivery of application like second nature. Um, but I was wrong. So the topic that I was assigned tonight is what really is Christmas to a believer? Upon receiving this, sorry, my notes are going everywhere. So upon receiving this, um, I went to my reading right away, and um, God has led me to talk about, about it in a, a way I never would have expected. Now I'm hoping to answer this question in this Lord's message, because the Lord has led me to talk about Christmas to a believer should start with the renewal of one's mind. I know this topic, uh, this topic already does not sound typically what a Christmas message would sound like. But I ask you, why do you celebrate Christmas, believer? I think we've all fallen into the idea of celebrating Christmas through Thanksgiving and gather to exchange gifts and fellowship <clears throat> with our family and friends during this season. And if not most, some of us exercise grace because we're so surrounded with so many people, so many emotions clashing, and you got your pants over here saying, why can't you be like your cousin? Jokingly, jokingly, it still leaves you reflecting. And that's, like, it's that easy to be derailed away from the Lord. Because even our parents, believer they may be, are quick to compare us to unbelieving friends and families and even our unbelieving neighbors. And many times, most often than not, this happens during Christmas, during the Christmas season. Because even us Christians, us believers, have watered down what Christmas truly should be celebrated for. We've fallen into the lies of the enemy. We make it an excuse to have celebrations and gathers, gatherings, giving gifts, rece receiving gifts. But we forget the reason why we celebrate Christmas. We, because we fall short in putting Christ first. And then there's some of us that are only focused on the vacation that's coming up. I know, because I'm guilty of it too. Time away from work is always such a relief. I get it, but we often forget the blesser. We forget a savior was born. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six reads, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. Isaiah prophesying about the coming Messiah, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and he should be the center of our relationship, our celebration. And when we celebrate Christmas, it should be an act of worship towards, uh, towards the Lord. And that brings us to a scripture, uh, anchor scripture tonight, which is in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, and it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God in heaven, Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for this privilege that you've given to me tonight, Lord God, to 
deliver your message to the congregation that you have allowed to be here tonight, Lord God. I pray that you just anoint our thoughts, our mind, Lord God, our hearts. Give us ears to hear, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you just use me as your vessel to speak to them tonight, Lord God. And Lord, anoint my lips. Give me the words to say, not to say. In you, in you alone, speak to your people tonight. Protect us from any distraction and any attack of the enemy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> so Romans 12 is talking directly to believers because it says there, brethren, which implies brothers and sisters in Christ. As believers who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, Romans 12 is a call for us believers to live out our lives as godly men and women in a way pleasing to the Lord, which means because God has given us so much, we should then respond in grateful obedience. But when we forget to have him as the center of our worship, we are conforming with the world, with our sinful nature, especially during the Christmas season. Luke chapter 2 verse 7 reads, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, during the time that our Lord and Savior was born, Jesus Christ, there was a census that took place decreed by Caesar Augustus. All of Israel were called to, to their hometowns during the census. And this uh, also implies to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her husband Joseph, too, were called home back, into, uh, back to Bethlehem because he was in the lineage of the house of King David. Likewise, many of us return home to family to celebrate Christmas, but differently for us. We are welcomed in a warm home with lots of food and already such a blessing. Way different from how Jesus came to the world, how he came to his own creation, not a home to welcome him in. The night that our Lord and Savior was born, it is much like today. We leave no room for the celebrant. And what I mean is our hearts are so fixated in shopping for that perfect gift to add unto our Elfster our Christmas wish list, that even to a point, we are shopping during Sunday worship. And some of us, even though we might not be doing that physically, we still have our hearts and our thoughts towards those things. We're here physically, but we can't wait for the preaching to be over. You know, like tonight, we have pot bless, so we can't wait to go eat. And many of us often dive into the hustle and bustle, trying to fight through crowds in the shopping malls, putting our interests before others. Why is that, believer? Why is that our hearts are so filled with our wants and we put it first before we try to be pleasing to God? It's like coming to Sunday service with the thought of, what can I get from God? But don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, it doesn't sound negative. But if you are attending church service expecting God to be obligated to bless you in return, then you've already set your mind on your desires because that is not putting God first. That is not Christ-centered worship. But, but, when you, uh, but we are commanded to seek his kingdom first. Here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and it reads, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So this is Jesus speaking. This kingdom is given to us as a gift. Salvation is a gift from God. When you seek this kingdom, this gift of salvation, God will and is the one working in you. For you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, 
us believers, in that she'd set you apart from the rest of the world, which means the way you think, the way you work, in all your actions should be different from your unbelieving friends and neighbors. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and have surrendered your life to him, the Holy Spirit will enable you to walk in harmony with Jesus, and also it'll provide you comfort when you go through persecution, strength as well. Walking with Jesus hand in hand, not turning left or to the right, but focus on the path that he has laid out for you. For your citizenship is in heaven, not of this world. Set your minds that this life is a pilgrimage and Jesus is our guide. He was always been the guiding light, just like during the time of Moses when the pillar of fire that gave them light during the night and the pillar of clouds in the sky that led the Israelites during those days. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's in Romans 13. For the work that we make in this life, it is practice for the kingdom to come. Because a baby born this day or this time of the year, because we don't really know the exact date, but that's exactly the point. We should make it a point that Christmas is a reminder that Jesus humbled himself to be born in a manger so that he will live the perfect life to grow in wisdom, in stature, to be the perfect sacrifice that will please God's anger towards the sin that you have and I will, that you and I have and will commit. Christmas should be an everyday reminder because every day we fall short in the glory of God. But but Christ came down to wash us from sin, uh, us from the sins that we have done yesterday, for the sins today and our sins tomorrow, the sins that we will yet commit. All of it through Jesus' sacrifice have been paid for. So when we come together to celebrate Christmas, we shouldn't be focused on what we will get, but we should delight in serving others just as how Jesus had towards his disciples when he was in the world. An example of this with our church body is when we came as a church family and fed the homeless uh, back in January downtown, uh, downtown. That night was such a wonderful night because we were singing praises to the Lord, and in return, a soul was saved that night through Brother Vince's uh, sharing the gospel. Just amazing how God returns the work we do. For Jesus did not come to be served or to receive gifts, but to serve. And that deserves all our worship and to follow in his, in his example. And that night, that was the return of our investment. That is God telling us that the time we spent feeding the homeless was not a waste of time. Because Jesus continues to work for us. He continues to intercede on our behalf. And that's, and that's what we have been learning all year on our journey on Ephesians in the full armor of God and with the previous series that uh, we just had on prayer. All of it for the coming kingdom of God. And just going back to, to the text, uh, Romans 12 uh, over here, it says in verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, the word therefore here is, is so important. Because it is a transitional word. It is in a way saying we can or ought to refer to as accumulatively everything that we've learned all year long in, in Sunday service and, every, and even everything that we've learned to know about Jesus through our Bible studies, vision school for some of us, our circumstances. And now 
we are given finally an opportunity to put it into application, putting it into practice. Because why is that when the Christmas season comes around, we get so budgetary oriented, we start worrying about our financial standing and we lose the heart of worship. We fall short in giving back to the Lord. And I don't just mean about money, but also our devotions to him. Our time with the Lord decreases. And when that happens, we will actually feel heavier. Because here, but God speaks to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. It reads, it says, therefore, and again, it's transitional to what we've learned. We do not lose heart because though we face challenge, challenges, we have the Holy Spirit in us. But though our outer man is decaying, we grow old. This body, the flesh grows weaker, You're, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. But because our faith grows and we grow in our spiritual maturity, we learn to lean more on Jesus. It is never our own strength. It is never our own wisdom, but, but he is always in control, and he has chosen you to be his ambassador. And we can do this just as the Apostle Paul has, who wrote this letter to the Corinthians, by changing our perspective or our inner being, renewing our mind. And we can apply this to show, uh, we can apply this to how we celebrate Christmas by not focusing on the temporal things of this world, but focus it, but because it's a reminder that Jesus was born and he continues to pull us closer to him despite our disobedience, he continues to help us to, to take heart because he, because he has overcome the world and we can too because the Holy Spirit is in us and we shouldn't worry about getting that perfect gift by decreasing our tithes in our, our time with the Lord, but we need to change our perspective to reflect Jesus and be the light and salt everywhere we go to. <clears throat> Especially during Christmas, because the best way to share the miracles of Christmas, that is our Lord and Savior born from a virgin, is through our testimony and how we worship our Lord. Because even though we worship within our hearts, it changes our state of mind. And then the body follows. <clears throat> the statement, mind over body, never sounded so true for Christians, for, for us Christians, because whatever we put in our thoughts and in our hearts, it will more likely be reflected through our actions. Because it says here, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Bodies means from head to toe, giving your eyes to Jesus, giving your ears to Jesus, giving your thoughts towards, uh, towards Jesus giving your mouth to speak what is righteous and pleasing to the Lord, holy and acceptable to God. That is your spiritual worship. Everything that we do must and ought to be for the Lord. So when we go to Sunday service to get our spiritual feeding and meditate in the word afterwards, our minds will be renewed and our actions will reflect Jesus in our, in our lives. And again, therefore, present your bodies as a living sacrifice by taking in what you've learned and give all of you, all of yourself to the Lord that you are proclaiming as your Lord and Savior, proclaiming that you have surrendered your life to through prayer, intercession, and serving others. But do not focus on the accomplishment to get the affirmation or good job from, from, from men, from other people. 
but focus on the rewards that you are storing in heaven. Focus on the things that God is preparing for you ahead of time in heaven. Because all of this, meaning everything that we say we are doing for the Lord, will be tested through fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 reads, Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one of us has done. Ultimately, God knows our hearts. Therefore, he knows our innermost desire to be pleasing and wanting that affirmation from others. The work that we do neither should be based on financial returns or how big our pay stubs are or where we stand in society. Doing work with our heart of service to Jesus that true, the true Lord for both those with greater social power and with those with less allows each person to serve with dignity and purpose. Now, how many times were you planning to share Jesus to your unbelieving family this coming Christmas? Maybe to your friends that you are around with on a weekly, daily basis, to your coworkers or classmates? Did that thought even cross your mind, believer? Jesus humbled himself. Our Lord, born in a manger, grew up in, a, uh, grew up in stature and wisdom, knowing that his body was prepared ahead of time to be in the world, but spiritually set apart. Knowing the will of the Father in heaven, he prayed here in in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 42. This is Jesus praying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This does not imply that Jesus was in any conflict with the Father in, in heaven, but it's normally perfect expression for his humanity, uh, that he was still willing to receive the divine wrath, that is the cup, because it was the Father's will. And just going back to the text, it says here, and for us believers, it says in verse 2, that by testing you may discern, means that this is the result of renewing your mind, our minds to think on a Christian worldview or thinking like Jesus, which means walking in the will of God, walking the narrow path that God has preordained us believers to walk on. And that includes all the struggles, all the hardships God gives and God takes. But that that is discernment in knowing the will of God, which is good, acceptable, and perfect because Jesus was willing to subjugate all his human desires to the Father's perfect will. He laid down the example for us Christians. That is the message of Christmas, that the man Jesus, God reincarnate, our Lord and Savior, born from a virgin, he came into the world knowing that he himself is the appropriation for our sins. Jesus was willing to die on the cross. It says here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It says, Curse is, cursed is everyone who is hanged on the tree. And great news, because Jesus became the curse for us and died on the cross, but after three days, Jesus has resurrected and ascended on the right hand of the Father. And that is the message of Christmas, that he, surely as he came into the world through virgin birth, our Lord and Savior will return, and, he, and we need to be prepared for his coming. Because he, was, he has defeated death, and we are fighting from victory. Because when the trumpet sounds, and heaven's doors are open, we will stand side by side with him. The return of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, King 
David's son and the Ruth of Jesse. Come, Lord Jesus, help us to be watchmen. Come, Lord Jesus. And here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, it reads, Therefore, and again, therefore, since we have come to know Jesus personally, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, meaning all of us here and everyone around us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance and race that is set before us. We need to finish strong. We need to continue to do the work that our Lord has laid down for us by having Him as the center of our worship, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that, has, that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. We are instructed to renew our minds and be a pleasing and living sacrifice for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we prioritize worshiping Jesus and when we put him as our foundation, our rock, the root of our worship, centered worship towards him, we will be able to portray God's mercies and be servants to others. That is Christmas. And when we share Jesus, it'll provide them hope. And the good news is spread, planting the seed, encouraging one another in humility, developing patience, strengthening our faith, and ensure our final victory because today is a day of salvation, which means we must keep on going. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord Jesus, Lord God, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for the message that you have given us tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to just work through us, Lord God. Help us to grow in the faith. I pray that you increase while we decrease, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for your will be done and not ours, Lord God. Help us to be the encouragement to others, Lord God, to share the good news. And I ask for blessings for everyone here, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.